0: Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy.
1: We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. Happy New Year. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com, and I'm in the studio today with Amy Oztan of SelfishMom.com. Hi. Hi, Amy. And we have a special guest today, Nancy Friedman, also co-founder of KidsViews.com. Yay. And blogger at FromHipToHousewife.com ish ish. Ish. (laughs) (laughs) blogger ish it's there there's archives yes Uh, (laughs) andrea is already in las vegas uh preparing for her ces whirlwind tour yeah she is busy she's busy and she takes it all in but she's gonna have tons of good stuff to report because andrea sees everything um so that'll be next week but this week we are jumping into the new year it was actually kind of hard to find topics today. I think it's hard to get back into the groove. Of Nobody wrote for the last two weeks. Right. Nobody was doing anything. Nobody was talking about parenting. Everyone was talking about how either fabulous everything was or posting their beautiful, perfect Christmas pictures well, or their except vacation for this, pictures. Except for
0: this weekend where half of the people were talking about how happy they were that their kids were going back to school today. Right. And then the other half were posting things like, I don't understand why some parents see their children as such a burden and want them to go back to school so badly i'm going to miss them every moment oh like, my god i'm so up. glad i don't have
1: those people in my facebook uh. stream. <laughs> every time people say things like that about people in their Facebook, like i'm unfollowing everyone who did did it
2: i'm like i don't have those people i'm so happy i don't have trump supporters i them all i already
1: <laughs> did i unfollow everybody you know
0: that there's a chrome <laughs> extension that filters out all trump
2: yes
1: That's, like, the best thing ever. (laughs)
0: there's, There's an even better one, actually, that I still have running on Chrome, where every time his name is mentioned, it puts one of his ridiculous quotes in between his name, like, Trump... All of the Mexicans are racist. Like, Donald, all of the Mex- <laughs> Mexicans are racists. Trump is how his name would appear. It's it, it, I, I still get a kick out of it. All right. All right. Well, we're not talking about that today. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about...
1: Probably, <laughs> we're never going to talk about that, actually. Yeah, no. Ever. Um, I promise you. Today, we are going to talk about two articles that we did manage to find that we thought would be interesting to kick off the new year. One is about recess... Um, which, shockingly, is good for kids. And we're going to discuss these findings. (laughs) It's shocking. Um, But actually, recess is one of those weird contentious things. There are parents
0: actually who do feel both sides of it, or there's way people think about recess and don't think about Some recess. Some people think it's a waste of time. They want their kids in school learning, and they don't understand how it ties into learning. Right. We'll figure that out. We're going to solve it all today. Of course. And, in 15 minutes. We'll and then it. our
1: second topic is a New York Times article that was in the Motherload called Parents of Teenagers Stuck Taking Out the Emotional Trash. Which, I I don't know, anytime someone uses the word emotional trash with teenagers, (laughs) I think is a worthy read. But um, it is really interesting. And for those of us, which all three of us have teens to some varying degree, (laughs) um, can sort of relate. And I actually think this relates to preteens. I think it all starts when they're more preteen, that real hormonal swinging. So we're going to talk about that and our Bites of the Week. So we are going to jump right in right now with an article that comes from NPR, which it's actually a listen, so you can listen to it. But there's the accompanying article called Turns Out Monkey Bars and Kickball Might Be Good for the Brain, which I thought was a very bizarrely tempered headline because it's not might be. Yeah, it's It's like it is. Duh. (laughs) And it goes back to ancient Greece, right? The sound mind, sound body, like the only time in history we have separated the idea of physical activity and mental activity has been very recent with this hmm. huge onslaught of testing and how many periods are in a day to shove in as much learning and how we're going to rate that. I think if we had standardized testing for activity, they would be doing more of it. So a lot of schools have gotten rid of recess. Um, I feel like we've talked about this before, right?
0: We have, um, but I, I, th- I think this article is interesting because it actually shows a school in the United States that's doing it that's, you know, actually taking what they learned from another country and implementing it. You know, right. we, So we should give a little background on what yeah. it is. Is yeah. that a woman went to Finland, was it, or Norway? Finland, Finland.
2: had a
1: study. Um, so basically the article starts out with recess at Eagle Mountain Elementary School in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and, you know, she was saying recess looks normal there. Half the kids are swinging around. Some of them are playing organized stuff. Some are bunched together. And they started to do more opportunity um And now they're having it four times a day for kindergartners and first graders. So not doesn't say so much for the older kids. But four times a day, 15-minute bursts, they're doing recess rather than just the one 20-minute recess after lunch or whatever it is. A lot of schools divide their lunch period into sort of eat for 20 minutes, recess for 20 minutes. That's how they manage to get it in. Um, But they're now doing these little bursts. And they said there's this huge difference in behavior. So instead of 20 minutes, they get a full hour of recess spread out throughout the day. And they're focusing on character development, which I also think is interesting. But a lot of that happens during play. Um, But the funniest thing about this article is she talks about one of the big differences the kids are making eye contact and stuff, but they're not... Chewing through their pencils. This was one <laughs> I of this. thought that was hilarious. Isn't that so funny? And I was thinking about it. She's like, the kids would chew, it's so gross. They would chew and gnaw on the pencils because they were so, had this like
2: Antsy. stored up energy. Yeah. 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 And it was something they could just chomp on. I actually think it's funny that recess has fallen by the wayside and that anybody would think that it's not a worthwhile thing. Because if you're a parent of small children, how many times before you get on an airplane or get in the car, you're like, oh, let's get their ya out. Let's yeah. let them run around. That's what recess is. Like common just sense. in school. Like, what kid, when at any other time would you expect a 5, a 6, or even a
0: 7-year-old to sit still from 8 in the morning until 3 in the afternoon? Well, let me tell you, right. when my son was in, like, first, second-ish grade and – I was getting notes home about his behavior, and I, I would talk to the principal. I would say, okay, well, you know, on this day when he acted up in the afternoon, the entire class had been punished earlier that day and had lost recess. Do you think maybe they're connected? Or, hey, on this day, because it was 37 degrees, they didn't go outside, and then he got in trouble in the afternoon. And what I found trying to argue for more active time for the kids was that, there was every excuse in the book not to do it yep they will there's it's so it's too much trouble it's going to take too long to get the kids dressed it's you know we don't have the manpower it's not part of this like every study says that this is a good thing but nobody wants to take the trouble to do it even though it will really have so many benefits well in new york city schools
2: isn't there a a temperature cutoff where they can't go outside if it's under a certain... It's not official.
1: So that's what's weird about it. It's sort of like at your discretion, but it's 32 degrees. Um, but principals can send kids out. What's worse, I think, what happens in public schools, first of all, you're dividing that lunch period. So by the time you do line a bunch of six-year-olds up and five-year-olds mm-hmm. up and get them outside, they probably have 10 minutes outside because then you're just lining them all up. You, know, yep. talk, you could be talking about 100 kids, 120 kids. Um, the second part is... Once that weather drops, they do what's called indoor recess, mm-hmm. which is chaos. probably the worst thing that's... No, it's worse. Wish was chaos. They sit them in the auditorium, and they stick a bad mm-hmm. movie on, and the kids will watch wow. 20 minutes of some horrible movie. was that recess? Right. Because they count it as, like, somehow... The, and if the kids talk... They scream at them. Like, the kids can't even talk to each other, play cards. And so every year when I was the president of the PTA, and my friend will still forward me the emails because every year it happens. The first indoor recess, some parent who's new to the school is like, what the hell is going <laughs> right, on? Why did right. my kid watch 20 minutes of Frozen today? Because it seems so ridiculous. Because it seems ridiculous. And then they say, can't parents come in and volunteer and we'll bring board games? And, like, they've tried every single thing. Can we do exercise at the seats? And they just they don't have the manpower. To do it because it's lunch aids. Don't mm-hmm. forget, it's not teachers not during teachers. recess, it's They're lunch aids because teachers have their break per union rules, they get that break. Um, and so, even if you had teachers who said, I will give up my break, I would rather have my kids back in the classroom doing something, they basically they won't let them. Wow. Um, and then the other thing is the adults really don't want to do The adults don't want to stand out there in the cold. That's what it is. The kids don't care. Yeah. Kids would be out there if it's negative 10. Like, you stick a hat on. You stick a coat on. You know, I mean,
2: right. I grew no up in... There's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's true. true. And that was one of the excuses that the principal would give. Well, all the kids don't have warm enough clothes. Well, then we can solve that problem. Right. That's a big, Then that's a big problem anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of right. needs to be solved. But the kids have to come
1: to and from school.
0: I grew up in Buffalo. We went outside no matter what. No matter what. If we could do it, anybody could do it. But I do think that,
2: no, this Eagle Mountain School, I would imagine, is not a big giant school. I would imagine there's no such thing in Finland as a humongous school with 126-year-olds. It's a teeny, tiny country. Mm -hmm. And it's... I I do think sometimes... I'm not saying that I disagree that recess is good for kids, but I do think sometimes the comparisons to what they can do in Finland are not really fair, where the... Isn't New York City the largest school system in the world? Yep. Yeah. So, well, in the country,
0: uh, it's, and it's probably, a million kids. So a a well, China, China my more. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's probably places um, so, like
2: with more. But it's you know so which just doesn't mean that we can't aspire to that and that we can't try to do as much of it as we can. But it's it's not so simple if you have 126 year olds to get them out four times a day. Right. But what they can do, and one of my daughter's kindergarten teachers did this really well, was she
1: almost every two periods would then have like a dance around the room right. like she did incorporate it into the classroom realizing these kids needed to move and so she'd put on the music and they would march around the room or they would do this some kind of song and t- this is what's been lost I think right. is that you know when my grandma my grandmother was a kindergarten teacher for 35 years she had to take a piano test to be a kindergarten teacher. You had to be able to play the piano. Every classroom had a piano and in music and singing to your kids and having them dance around the room or whatever was part of the kindergarten day. That has been totally lost. It's not that I think every kindergarten teacher should be able to play the piano, but... That was part of kindergarten. Like, yeah. there was recognition that you couldn't just sit for 45 minutes at a time. And how about the kids, like, when they sit, they have to sit cross legged, crisscross applesauce for right. like 40 minutes for circle time. And then they're like, your kid doesn't have trunk.
0: Muscles because right. she's like
1: leaning back after yeah. 20 minutes. Well, who the hell wouldn't lean back after 20 minutes? Right. Like, it's exhausting.
0: Have you seen the schools who have experimented with having the kids sit on balance balls? Yes. Like, not even the balance ball chairs, just a balance ball. And they said that at first, usually the kids go crazy with them. Like, they want to bounce them, they want to roll around. But then once the novelty wears off, they're just, all just of uncomfortable. The kid, <laughs> no, 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 no. All of their fidgeting energy goes to keeping the ball stable and yeah. sitting. And they just sit still but think how awful that is <laughs> giving right. them all these things that they'll just sit still so they yep. can but it's but it's, so but it's weird. not but it's not it, but it's taking the energy and channeling it right. it's, it's like not just it's desks. not like they're in a straitjacket. jacket right. Right. it's like I the feel, standing desks but there's ways
2: there's ways like in in first grade in my kid's school the curriculum basically for the entire year was central park study now granted it's a small school without a lot of kids in every class but the teachers basically made central park their Classroom and they went out almost every day. They did a tree study, they did a soil study. Right. They did that's my daughters did that in second grade. That was their study in second grade. Right. So really. Every day. So that's but that's something that can be incorporated in any school. That you can take your kids around and right. go places. But it's and still a teacher
1: who has to do it. Like and right. most teachers it's cold out. They don't want to wrestle thirty kids. They have to have a certain number of chaperones each time because they have a certain. You have to have a certain number of adults per kid. Oh, see, we didn't. They just took them out. Oh, see, in New York City public <laughs> schools, it's like law. They have to have however many chaperones per kid. Um, but I, I think Amy, you hit on it initially. I think it's honestly laziness. Like I hate to say it, it's. I don't think it's testing. I don't think it's all that stuff. I think it is purely that the adults don't want to deal. And when we, you know, one of the things that happened at our school which no one... In middle school, this all disappeared. It was all about elementary school. But in elementary school, the parents were always... There were always the group of parents who decided everyone was being bullied at recess. And that during recess is when all the bullying happened. Mm-hmm. And then they felt like there weren't enough adults, so they needed structured play at recess. So they needed to bring in an outside company that was going to bring in jump ropes and the organized kickball. And it was always about these coaches, super soccer stars coming in to, like, organize a game during recess as if kids couldn't just it's 20 minutes like right. run around there's mm-hmm. t- amazing playground on the property right jumping up and down on the slides on the water. it was like everything had to be organized by an adult which then to me defeats the point of recess because yeah. it's not just about the physical exercise of sort of getting it all out but it's also that is where kids learn to negotiate yeah, right. and settle differences and Create their own games, which can
0: and, get a little ugly sometimes. Right, but that's a what it's for. Perfect segue into the next topic.
2: Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, all those feelings. But I, I, I mean, not to advocate bullying, but
0: uh, <laughs> obviously. okay, Nancy, it's yeah. clear she's pro bully. bullying. pro bullying.
2: But, but if someone's mean to your kid at recess and they learn how to deal with, like that's a skill. People aren't going to be nice to you all the time. I'm not. That's not bullying if someone's right. mean to you. Like some, you know, right systematic bullying or really kids ganging up is one thing but kids do need how to negot- learn how to negotiate and how to stick up for themselves and how to respond when someone's not nice and if there's never an opportunity for that yeah, if they are not going to
1: have a life skills
0: right and it happens during play Yeah, and it's not happening after school anymore. So it has to happen at recess, right? Because after school is all structured now.
1: Yeah, everything's structured. Right. They're saying this relates back to the fact that kids don't play street games anymore. Mm -hmm. Kids don't just get on their bikes and ride their bikes all over the neighborhood. So it just it's trickled down into like recess. To every second, even play has to be organized and monitored by an adult. Mm -hmm. And since schools feel that pressure and they don't have those adults. They'd rather just not do recess and not have to deal with the parents saying, but there's bullying, but there's this, but, but there's But I also
2: think there's a fair number of parents, and I, I'm assuming this, there are a fair number of parents who think that recess is a waste of time. Yeah. That think that my kid needs to get ahead, and if you take an hour out of their day, and they're not, like, and it doesn't matter if they're studies, and it doesn't yeah. matter if you can mm-hmm. see that the kids are responding better and the kids are ahead at this elementary school because my kid needs to study, 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 and they got to get ahead.
0: I have to tell you, at my kid's elementary school, those were the same parents who wanted more homework. Right. Crazy people. I wonder how many kids wouldn't be medicated if they had recess Mm -hmm.
1: spread Mm -hmm. out throughout the day. I really, really, really wonder that. You know, my friend has um, a son,
2: and when she toured all-boys schools, many of, almost all of them, had recess three to four times a day. Yeah. That was a factor. A friend of mine said that she decided to send her boys to an all-boys school because – they get boys, they get that they can't sit still all day. They mm-hmm. let them get up and run around.
0: And know. as a lazy person, I can say <laughs> that if this somebody true, said, you way. are now going to get all of your, it, totally true. If you are going to get all of your kids dressed four times a day and bring them down three flights of stairs and outside and everything, I'd be like, are you kidding me? Right. But when I was once, I was able to compare that with the behavior of the crazy kids after this has been implemented, maybe I would change my mind. But it right. also
2: doesn't have to be outside, like Rebecca was saying before. Yep. You could have a dance party for five minutes yeah. just yep. to give them a chance to get up and move around. Move. Get the crazies out. That's get what my dad and, used yeah. to and say. And not be
0: scared of it. Mm-hmm. I think people are so scared of letting well, kids think, act like that. Well, they think that. that once the kids get up and get crazy, they're not going to calm down. Right. But I think often it's the opposite. It's totally the opposite. All right.
1: So get in there and advocate for more recess in your schools and don't be the parent that's like, but I would like to be there to monitor it. No. (laughs) no. (laughs) Let (laughs) them go crazy. Just have the recess. We will be right back to talk about um, parents of teenagers who take out the emotional trash. Right after this.
0: Welcome to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it talking tech apps entertainment and issues around parenting the digital generation this is parenting bites with rebecca levy
1: okay we are back with topic two which is this new york times article by lisa demore a very fancy last name Um, Parents of teenagers stuck taking out the emotional trash. She is a psychologist in private practice in Ohio um, and a clinical instructor at Case Western Reserve University. And the director of Laurel School's Center for Research on Girls. And she has a book coming out called Untangled, Guiding Teenage Girls Through the Seven Transitions into Adulthood, which I did not know there were seven. 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 I'm trying to think back my own adulthood. I'm like, really? Do I have, did I have sevens that I transitioned to? I think I'm on number five. I'm kind I'm of 43. eager. We might have to have her on when that comes out. in your
2: mustache, yeah. number four.
1: <laughs> well, that was, what, if, what if that was at
0: nine? i <laughs> I'm Nine years old. <laughs> Nancy said that just as I had taken a big sip of water. That it wasn't nice.
1: <laughs> We're all trying to think what those things are now. If they're not covered in our ether, God, it's me, Margaret. Then really, yeah, they really. are legitimate. So one
0: is not getting your hair to curl right. Not getting, your okay. getting, and buying a flat iron. Right. How to squeeze a blackhead. Right.
1: Number two. I must. We must. We must. Yeah, we <laughs> must increase our bust. Um, but this is. A, it was an interesting article because it was about how the par- how kids teenagers take these horrible weird you know feelings whether it's failure disappointment sadness and they sort of dump it on their parents and then let their parents process it and let their parents take on the burden of it and they just sort of go about their whatever and is that worse than the kid who keeps all the stuff and wallows in it and is devastated by it which I still think you're you're getting the byproduct of that anyway. So either way, parents are sort of stuck taking on the feelings of their teenage kids. And I actually think, I don't even think it's just teenage.
0: I think parents, that is what I it is to be great. a parent time. I was half just going to say, I think it's just parenting. Yeah. I fail at this on so many levels. I really do. Because when my kids come to me with issues, I don't take on their emotional baggage. I want to give them solutions. Because so you're not a Jew. <laughs> Um, so, so I I immediately start saying, well, have you done this? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? And the problem is, my son has kind of trained me that that's the way that he, he like. He's looking for solutions too. He's a very level-headed, unemotional kid. He's he's a rock, and if he has a problem, he wants it solved. And then when I try that with Fiona, she'll end up screaming at me. I just want you to tell me that you're sorry for me. I'm like, oh, I I didn't get that at all. I'm so sorry. Honey.
2: Well, my kids, girls and boys, never, ever act out. <laughs> my teenagers are so incredibly, incredibly level headed. <laughs> There's never, ever any. And never has been. Right. No <laughs> displaced anger, no picking on mom um, about, you know, oh, I like this was my favorite. Mom, you blink too much. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I do think a lot. It, I mean, yes, it's parenting, but it, it is also you know there are things going on in the frontal cortex of a teenager's brain that are not going on at, in the brain at any other time. Or in the your lower life. cortex. Literally, <laughs> yeah. that
0: wonderful book that you recommended. You would recommend it a right. podcast, and it and the woman who had done it had written a book called um, "The Teenage Brain," I yeah. think it was called, which yep. was excellent.
2: Yeah, and that, so there's things going out. So that is, it is part of being a teenager is having all these emotional highs and lows, and and they can't let it out out in the world because one of one of the seven transitions of being a te- of becoming an adult for anybody is learning how to control your emotions when you're out in the world. And so teenagers having all these emotions has got to be extremely difficult. So when they come home and they can let it all hang out, they do. So I kind of feel like articles like this one, and there was one on the cover of New York Magazine a few uh, about a year ago, maybe about being the parent of a teenager is hard on parents. I was like, really? Like, that- <laughs> 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 have you seen Rebel <laughs> Without <Ross>? right. Cause? Like, <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, this is this is front page news. Yeah, and I kind of feel that way about this article, like. Seriously, no, no kidding that teenagers dump their emotional stuff at home when they get right. Anybody who has a teenager knows this already. I suppose it's a nice little red flag for parents whose kids aren't there yet. but I also so what I think is interesting about the article is she's trying to focus it more on the
1: parent than the kid. So there's so many articles about like your teenager and how to help your teenager and your teenager's brain, and let's all understand your teenager. And she's sort of like, you need the help. Like, if your kid is unloading all this on you and you're feeling overwhelmed by it and now your kid's unburdened, so now they're like, do-do-do-do, I'm fine, Um, and now you're stuck with it, it's like, you should be able to reach out then to support, because I do think parents all lie to each other. Oh, yeah. And I I think that is a part of what she's trying to get at in this article, is that when you ask parents, most of them are like, oh, no, great, great, she's doing this, she's doing that. I'm like, sometimes, you know, of course, they can be emotional, but like nobody wants to admit that their kid is coming home. And it's just... Like,
0: cutting himself. Yeah. Or just nasty. Yeah. Just Just nasty. Just rude.
1: Rude. Rude to you that it's, like, taking a toll on you, that, like, you're now in a bad mood and it's really just because your kid was in this bad mood Mm -hmm. and unloaded on you and now your kid's fine and you're, like, stuck with this cloud of
2: yuck all around Mm -hmm. you. I feel like we've talked about this before, how when your kids are little and they're crying a lot and and all the parents commiserate, that somehow... Oh that's so yeah I know and this is what I do when my kid won't stop crying and this is what I do when I the you know diaper rash and all that stuff because none of that's your fault they're babies somehow when you get kids when the kids are older and they're not perfect in every way it's a a reflection on you Mm. so the parents stop sharing that stuff right and it's Mm -hmm. something that's really going on like not sleeping when they're little because they've been up all
1: night or like you were vomited on five times like those not those like your war stories of being a young parent that everyone's like oh my god i remember the first time that happened to us when everyone got the stomach flu at the same time and you know whatever even the dog but then yeah these later ones it's like I think you're a little more worried about your kid well yeah because older when
0: when they're a toddler like the stakes aren't as high when they're 16 and you're telling your friends my kid's an asshole and then he kills himself like it's it's just it's not the same emotional space and it's not the same risk right or your kid's gonna drink
1: or your kid's gonna do drugs Mm -hmm. or your kid's gonna have risky sex or whatever it is all of a sudden you're so worried about such a different range of things Mm -hmm. i remember when my daughter was like three in preschool um, she said something like really sassy like it was very uncharacteristic but it was like funny and sassy and I was like oh my god it's like she's 16 and the director of the preschool whose son was 16 at the time looked at me and said oh no (laughs) (laughs) when they're 16 they do something like that but they walk out the door (laughs) and you're like where the hell they just go Um, this is before you could track them on their cell phones (laughs) So and she was right. I mean, the stakes are so much higher. And you're not worried. I mean, maybe some crazy parents are worried about their toddler getting into a kindergarten. But, like, you're not worried about your kid getting into college when they're four because, you know, like everyone will say to you, the person who's the latest to potty train. Like, your kid's not going to walk down the aisle in a diaper. Like, they're mm-hmm. just not. Right. But – as a teenager, you're like, I don't know, maybe my kid will right. the worst
0: thing could be in a time yeah, time the true. worst thing could
1: happen <laughs> right. and how am I gonna live with that? And then you go there, right? Your teenager really is over it. Like, they're probably (laughs) over it. They totally unburdened on you. They totally held it in all day, and they came home and unburdened, let it all out. And now they're, like, texting their friends, and they're da-da-da-da. And you're, like, stuck with this thing of, like, oh, my God, what should I do? Do I need to see a shrink? Do I need to take them to the thing? I hate them. Do I should make their favorite dinner? Like, Mm -hmm. all these things go in your head. And I think her point was, like, let it go. Like, it's totally fine to actually do the Amy solution and be, like, here's a solution for you.
2: Sounds sounds crappy your day. Like here's something you made help. But what she's also saying, and her, I have to say, she needs to take lessons in texting because no one's gonna text her her sample text if your kid texts you that they failed the test. Bummer. Bummer. What's your game plan? <laughs> Love dad. Luv. Yeah. Like, Luv oh, dad. Wow. That is like so sad. That's no, you not send a the text poop emoji. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> that was like, oh wow, that's she
1: obviously doesn't know text to kids. Right. Her kids showing that text. Everyone going. <laughs>
0: right.
2: Look at this says text love, from my Dad, mom LUV. <laughs> but um but i so letting again it goes back to the recess letting them figure out how to do it by themselves i do think she makes a great point about how if kids were having a problem before during the day they had no way to lean on their parents and ask them and now kids are texting their parents 4000 yes, times a day don't with answer their issues, issues.
1: It's very hard not to answer your kids, but you do just have to be like, all right. I mean, my one of my daughters, she'll text me in the middle of the day. They can only go on their phone, like, at lunch if they have – they can, like, go up to a classroom at lunch. But she'll text me things that I'm like – it's not even like she's upset or whatever. She just texts me, like, a random thing but wants a response. Like, she'll be like, oh, like – some camp friend, like on the, oh, you know, Jody got that bracelet she wanted. I'm like, well, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't text me in the middle of the day. Just in general, like that's not a yeah. good habit. Like, but no. also we, we
2: share an office, Rebecca and I. So sometimes, at the, at, not sometimes, every, every single day. day, at the end of the day, one of your at daughters like will call you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's, it's so funny. Her phone rings. I'm like, oh, is it three o'clock already?
0: <laughs> it's every, every single day.
2: day. <laughs> and, um, and, and Rebecca, you're the same every single day. You're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I, gotta go. I gotta go. I'm working. I gotta go. I gotta go. I, gotta go. I don't want to talk about this now. I gotta go. All right.
1: I gotta go. Goodbye. Goodbye. She, Goodbye. Literally, my daughter just gives me a rundown of her day. So we have, like, an hour of homework today, and I don't know if I'm going to do it. And then when I come home, like, do you
0: think I should, should I have a hot chocolate or should I have a chai tea or something <laughs> I? I'm like, I don't care. See, Fiona, Fiona does that to me, and remember, texting is relatively new for Fiona because she's had she had a dumb phone where you could text, but it was like you know, you know like the screen ABC. with the numbers. Yeah, so she Three didn't letters. do much. Yeah, she didn't she didn't do much. But then when she got a real phone, she started texting all the time. And so I will get texts from her. That's the same rundown that your daughter's giving you, but she'll do like three words per text. <laughs> so I'll get off the subway and I'll have like twenty-seven texts that's from hilarious. her, and I'll think that somebody died, but it's really just like her asking how to turn on the TV because right. you know the remote isn't working. But I do, I do think that that. That cord of them being able to contact... It's like college.
2: When I was in college, I talked to my parents once a week, Sunday night. We spoke to each other, and that was that. And it's too much. It's too connected. Um, At the same time, when my... And he'll never listen to this, so he can't be (laughs) mad When my 15-year-old son comes into my room and says, Can you tuck me in? I I think that's nice. He doesn't want me to literally... But he likes to sit in his bed and chit-chat and talk about the day. And that's a nice thing but everything everything in moderation and you know he could be an obnoxious little jerk to me all day long <laughs> but then he still wants to be tucked in and talk to at night oh,
1: yeah man. I think it's it is up to the parent like how have to set boundaries all the time anyway you kind of have to set boundaries on your kids texting you all the time or calling you all the time or unburdening on you like I, mean, yeah. I guess it's your job as a parent to sort of take it like you're there but in you got it It's not fair. It really isn't fair. At a certain point, your kids have to get old enough where, like, just unburdening on you and then, like, going their merry way is not fair because it's much harder as a parent to say, like, I'm not going to let that affect me.
2: We Um, we had a family tragedy uh, last week, and for the first several days after it, my son was about as obnoxious as he's ever been in his entire life. Hmm. Um, Unbelievably obnoxious. Rude. Rude. Uh, you know, it was a death in the family. He was just unbelievably insensitive and I all I could think was, oh my God, he really is so immature. I can't believe this is happening and then at the funeral, he was sobbing like he hasn't sobbed since he was in kindergarten probably and I think that you know, we were all going through our own stuff. But then you also have to remind yourself when they are unburdening in that way that they are still kids. Yeah. They are like 15 is still – he might be giant, <laughs> getting towards six foot three at this point, but he's still 15. You're yeah. still a kid, right. and it's still very hard to know what to do with these emotions. And the only thing he could do with them was take it out on me. Couldn't take it out on my husband because the death was in his family. Right. So that happens. And that – and again, that's part of parenting. It's understanding when it's okay for them to be acting out and when it's not. Right. Yeah. But it's also about then teaching them that that's actually still not okay
1: and figuring out a healthy way to deal with it because you don't want them to grow up to be the adult who then does that to their spouse. Right. Like that's, you know, like that's what's so weird about it is these teenage years are the years where they are learning how to unburden sort of what's fair and what's not. And I think sometimes as a parent, if you do continually take it, or continually let them think it's okay to act like that, then they're not learning a different way to process it. It's right. hard. Like some of it
0: might be maturity and some of it just might be well, yeah, testing. I think there's a right? lack of, of awareness. Like one thing that neither of my children has ever done in my entire life is ask me how my day was. Oh my God. You know, like, right. hey, like they're just, it's <laughs> all about them. They come home, we ask them how their day is. You know, it's, you have to get to that level of emotional maturity where you actually care about the other person. Right. And that's, ex- that's Takes a long time, but yours did.
2: Oh, Nancy! Nancy singer, you have to try do. one thing. They're so mean um, to me all the time, but they do <laughs> um, But this—it sort of reminds me when the kids were really, really little, and we took like kitty yoga. They were like two and a half, three, some silly thing, and maybe they were, maybe they were four. But um, and we had some kind of a snack afterwards, and one of the little girls wanted every snack, and he—he he must have not been that verbal yet because she—he, I said, I have another one if she wants it. And the mother said, No, she can't eat that. I don't allow her to have that junk. I'm like, well, they're organic, you know, whatever. And she wouldn't let her have <laughs> it. But junk. the kid really wanted it. And she kept on trying to grab Avery's snack, And Avery kept on going, no, thank you. No, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, he wasn't really talking yet. And so she um, kicked him, this little four-year-old or three-year-old, or whatever she was. She, she must have been younger because they weren't really talking yet. So she kicked him. And the mother didn't say anything. And Avery looks at me, and I said, well, I'm sure her mommy's going to tell her that she can't kick people. And the mother said to me, well, it's age-appropriate. <gasps> and I said, yes, for her, but what about you? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's so funny because that was – I. I still see her on the street.
0: She still lives in the neighborhood, and we give each other dirty looks to this day. <laughs> it's well, like it's age appropriate. It's age appropriate for you to tell her that she's a bitch. Right,
2: but <laughs> so, I, but it's sort but of it the is. same thing throughout your entire parenting career. Yes, it was totally age appropriate for a two-year-old to be frustrated and kick a kid for not giving up a snack. Right, but then as a parent, you have to say you can't kick people. Right, and it's it uh, that doesn't stop when your kids are fifteen. Right. Yeah. And also, just she kicked her mother. It's her mother wouldn't let her have it. Right? Yeah.
0: yeah, why is she kicking your son? It really
2: is hilarious, though, because I mean, it's more than a decade ago, and we see each other in the street. And we're like, "Yeah, bitch." <laughs> well, I bet her daughter's kicking her now,
1: metaphorically.
0: Yeah. So. I think
1: they both just needed Cheetos. Yeah, well, that's so my that's expert the opinion. lesson. Starting out your new year, don't let your kids just unload on you without any repercussions. Like, I guess you don't want it to escalate, but you do have to have some kind of understanding of like. You know, And I would say for parents out there who unload on their kids, because there are plenty of parents who unload a lot of stuff that's inappropriate for kids, too, um, check it. Like, check who you're unloading on either way. That's what I would say. For the new year. Just, you can listen to us and scream at us. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take it. Go on our Facebook page. You can unload there. All right. We'll be right back with our Bites of the Week.
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy.
1: Okay, we are back with our Bites of the Week, and Amy's
0: starting. I'm starting. (laughs) She always starts. All right. So um, this was actually on the Facebook page of my friend Kim Moldofsky, and Rebecca pointed it out to me because she knows that Jake and I have been listening to the Hamilton soundtrack obsessively because we're seeing it in a few weeks. Oh, wait, well, I had to tell you something else. so funny. When you said it took you three Hamilton soundtracks to get to yes. Buffalo and you
1: drove, so it took us one and a half to get to Washington, <laughs> and I thought about that when you posted. I'm like, oh, it took us one and, yes, and a half. That and is how we is now me- measured. That is how
0: we measure time now in Hamilton soundtracks, and because there was snow and we went a little slower than usual, we got... Three full Hamilton <laughs> soundtrack listens on our drive to Buffalo, um, which Jake and I loved. Fiona was going to kill us, um, but so we we've been listening to it a lot, and um, so Kim found this thing. It's we're at Chicago students. Yeah, is it Chicago? Um, some inner city Chicago students who are doing covers of the Hamilton soundtrack, and I just listened to a couple of them, and they are amazing. So I'll put up a link to this. Um, I totally forgot the name that they go under. It's really complicated. Musicality? Mu- no, it's like musicalitification it? or something. something like yeah. <laughs> um But we'll we'll post a link to it. They're really really great. And hey, it, when you're listening to them. Get the the actual Hamilton soundtrack too. It's fantastic. I think people don't realize that the soundtrack. If you can't get to New York to get a ticket,
1: or you just can't get a ticket anyway because it yeah. takes about a year now to get a ticket, um, the whole play is sung through.
0: Yeah. So it's actually the entire musical. You it's can not, totally right. follow the plot by listening to the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just fantastic.
2: All right, Nancy. I uh, I have two. One is cheating because uh, it's the beginning of the year, and I was like, hmm. Oh, I thought it was about cheating. You're cheating no, already? <laughs> cheating already. It's so my one, uh, my one like, it's guest. It's like an adultery app? My <laughs> guest <laughs> one. But because I was thinking, like, everybody has resolutions, and what would be – you know, so I actually looked up what would be good fitness apps for the year, mm. and there are about a bazillion of them, and it <laughs> sort of depends on what you want. So rather than tell you – I mean, MyFitnessPal is sort of the standard mm. that everybody uses – But it really depends on what you want to do. If you want to break habits, if you want to get fit, if you want to get buff, if you want to change the way you eat. So there is an Uber Gizmo, an article by Tyler Lee that went up, I think today, called Best Fitness Apps to help you keep your resolutions. (laughs) And I would recommend that Uber Gizmo article because it really, to recommend one fitness app really depends on what you have in mind. And then my other one, which is not my cheating one, it's my real one, is... um, There's a new podcast on NPR called for the New Yorker, New Yorker Radio Hour, and about two or three weeks ago, they did another high school um, here in New York City in Queens that does every year does an election simulation, and they cast the entire senior class in different roles. So there's newscasters, there's somebody's Trump and somebody's his campaign manager, and somebody is Hillary Clinton and somebody is you know the weather person on the news stage there's there's pollsters there's reporters there's everybody and they take it very very seriously they have an election and it's a short story it's only about 15 minutes to listen to but these kids are so impressive it's Townsend Harris right? Townsend Harris so a lot of people consider it the best high school in the city it is Uh, And actually, uh, somebody that I met last week, that's where her kids both went. And she said they both did it, and it was amazing. So this year it happens to be a presidential election. But if it happens to be the year where there's a student, you know, a a council person's job or whatever it is, they make it work every time. But this year, and they record the debates, and they talk to the candidates about how do you deal with if you don't agree, if you do agree. It was a really – it's a high school that is something like um, 65% of the kids are first-generation Americans it's just a That's super so awesome. super diverse it's, it was an um, it's an amazing story it's a quick listen and it's kind of inspiring to think that wouldn't it be nice if these kids were the ones yeah. <laughs> ultimately running so and hopefully I, they will be yeah. I recommend that particular episode and um and the New Yorker radio hour in general although you do have to skip forward some if it's boring yeah <laughs> <laughs> like the
1: new yorker <laughs> right <laughs> um so I also have a podcast to recommend. Well, it's a double thing. So Downton Abbey's back for its final season. Which I've, I've never, never seen. i never seen it. I mean, oh, so. my God. Not
0: even
2: one episode. Perfect.
1: So <laughs> you can stream all five seasons. All bazillion episodes. Which my daughter did. So I'm going to tell you that this is a great show for Older tweens and teens, because it's on PBS, so it's not terribly risque. Even when it's risque, I mean, it's a soap, right? right? But it's. I've heard. I've heard it referred to as tea bags and douchebags. It's kind (laughs) of what it is. But what's fascinating about so my daughters right now actually are studying. Not British, but American, sort of the Gilded Age and all this stuff. So it is the end of that, right? It is the end of the class system in Britain, or what? The beginning of the end, I would say, because it's still going on. But the no, so beginning of the end. end. Um, but it is certainly the beginning of the end of these large manors with their huge staffs so or whatever. So they they ran all five seasons on PBS over the weekend, like just in a row, just all <laughs> oh, 50 wow. episodes in a row. So one of my daughters really got hooked into it and then stayed up last night to watch the first episode of season six. Um, but I highly, highly, highly recommend it as a binge-worthy show because okay. it's so good. It's so good. Um, and they started a podcast. They started the Masterpiece podcast. So you can listen in every week on the inside <laughs> tidbits of what's going on and all that. So we're, like, super excited. But the show um, itself is doing the podcast? It's the so Masterpiece. It characters? No, so it's, it's the PBS Masterpiece. So I assume... Once Downton is over, it'll be whatever the next masterpiece classic or maybe masterpiece mystery will be, um, which are always good, no matter what. So, right, but right now it's Downton Abbey. So I think they'll have the cast, they have the writers, they have insights. I mean, the weird thing about Downton Abbey is that it already aired in England. So I don't know how they kept the spoilers off, but like, no, there are no spoilers out there I mean probably there is on a wiki somewhere but it's so crazy it aired like almost a year ago Donald you know? Trump got England to turn off the internet
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> how they, they, that's turned how they it kept off. it from here um,
1: so anyway I highly recommend if you haven't seen Down Abbey you could catch up and just DVR the season 6 right now so you have it so you won't have to wait like 6 months for it to come out on streaming but um, it's so worthy okay <laughs> that's it um, thanks Amy thank you Happy New Year. Thanks, Nancy. Thank it you. It's fun to have you here. And you can check us out on Facebook.com slash Parenting um, <laughs> Unload your parenting burdens there. <laughs> and let us know if there's anything you'd like to talk about. Um, any interesting articles that come your way, you can catch us on Twitter at hashtag Parenting And on iTunes, of course, Parenting Bites. Subscribe, rate, review. And on Play.it where you can find Parenting Bites and all the CBS podcasts. Until next week, from Vegas. Live yes. from Vegas. Uh, we will talk to you next
0: week. Hi. Hey.